This week's edition of the Northeast Newscast is sponsored by Kansas City T-Bones Baseball. For the love of the game and a hankering for a hot dog, head out to Community America Ballpark for fun well done. For this week's schedule and ticket pricing, visit www.tbonesbaseball.com. Thank you for listening to the Northeast Newscast. I'm your host, Paul Thompson, and today we'll talk to Hector Casanova, Assistant Professor of Illustration at the Kansas City Art Institute. Northeast residents should already be well aware of Hector's work. He and his students spent three years working on the mural panel project at Scarrett Elementary School, which has been mothballed by the Kansas City Public School District. KCPS and Hector Casanova teamed up after vandals repeatedly hit the all-white panels that adorn the outside of Scarrett Elementary. The Scarrett mural project was completed last year, and for a while, they remained pristine. Earlier this spring, however, vandals ran through the area, tagging several of the panels and creating quite a hubbub in the Northeast. So we talked to Casanova about the genesis of that project, what it felt like to have the work defaced, and where Casanova and his students are going to go from here. To conclude the episode, Casanova talks about the project that his students will be working on this fall and into next year, and talks more generally about art in Kansas City, and how the city of Kansas City, Missouri, has embraced artists throughout the area. Join in for our conversation with Hector Casanova, a Northeast resident who's endeavored to make a difference in the community. All right, I'm sitting here at KCI's Illustration Building alongside Hector Casanova, the Assistant Professor of Illustration at Kansas City Art Institute, uh, who's actually endeavored to make a difference in the historic Northeast through a variety of projects, which we're going to dive into right now. Thanks thanks for joining us today, Hector. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, no, no problem at all. I'm just glad I was able to uh, touch base. Let's just jump right into it. Okay. Uh, you've done some stuff in the historic Northeast. We'll talk later about some stuff that you will be doing in the future in the historic Northeast area. Can you describe the genesis of your connection to Northeast Kansas City? Uh, sure. I moved into uh, the neighborhood of Pendleton Heights in uh, about nine years ago now. Uh, prior to that, I was living in the West Bottoms. And uh, I've lived in Kansas City since 1995. Uh, and, but honestly, pretty much until around 2007 or so, uh, when uh, I knew that uh, I needed to start looking for a different place to live, uh, 2008, uh, yeah, uh, uh, I need to find a new place to live. Uh, I never even had heard of the historic Northeast. Mm-hmm. I, I had lived in Kansas City for close to, um, well, over 15 years, and I had never even wondered what was east of Troost. It just never crossed my mind that you had lived in, you know, Midtown or uh, the West Bottoms, um, and um, discovered the Northeast and fell in love with it. So that's where we moved, uh, my wife and I, when we left the West Bottoms. Uh, and I've been there now for, like I said, close to 10 years. Excellent. Now, so this opportunity then, uh, this I think how people in the Northeast probably know you best is through this mural project at Scarrett Elementary that's been kind of a while in the making now. It's uh, involving your students and, and putting up panels where there was just an abandoned old building that used to be owned. Well, it still is owned by Kansas City Public Schools, but it was a former elementary school there. Why did you choose Scarrett Elementary? Was it a matter of practicality, or was it meeting a community need? A little bit of both. Can you maybe describe how that project at Scarrett came about? Uh, yes, uh, certainly. Uh, when I when I started teaching five years ago, uh, I knew that one of the things that I wanted to do with my students was uh, community be- community beautification project. 
Uh, I've always been a huge believer in the power of art to make the world better, and 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 then and therefore, the the, the responsibility of artists to use their skills and their talent to actually make the world better in tangible ways. So as soon as I started teaching, I realized that I could tackle a much bigger project than anything that I'd ever done by myself, because now I would have an army of art students mm -hmm. at my disposal. <laughs> so I started just putting out feelers uh, for you know anywhere that I could think of uh, about any community that needed a, that could use a, a community beautification project. Uh, and I had a couple of false starts and, and leads, and it took a lot of research, but um, eventually the Kansas City Public School District uh, responded to me. Uh, actually, they reached out to me because I hadn't sent them anything, but somebody forwarded them uh, something that I had sent out mm -hmm. and then asked for a meeting. Uh, so I met with uh, Dr. Cor uh, Luis Cordova uh, with the Kansas City Public School District, and he told me that they had this issue with uh, the Scarrett School specifically. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, honestly, I ended up working with the school because that's that's what that that was the, the first lead that actually responded uh, that uh, seemed viable, and uh, it was just a coincidence that it so happened to be uh, so close to where I live. <laughs> now you had mentioned before we started at recording here that there was another opportunity somewhere else that kind of fell through. Uh, you feel comfortable talking about that? Uh, yeah, uh, I think I can uh, talk about it a little bit. Prior to this uh, response from the public school district, I had been working with uh, hi um, Historic Neighborhood Preservation, and we had been getting a, a project off the ground that was uh, closer to 31st and Gillum. Uh, but at the last minute, uh, I mean, we worked on this for a couple months, and it looked like that was going to be the project. But then at the last minute, uh, we just couldn't, couldn't figure out a budget, and the whole thing kind of through so I was back on square one um, so in retrospect I'm really glad that uh, I am that things played out the way that they did because I was able to do something that is so you know local to where I live right 31st and Gillum's lost was the historic Northeast gain it sounds like oh, absolutely no. yeah cool well and for a long time it did seem like that project was sort of immune to this kind of rash of taggers and and vandals that ran through the Northeast and caused a lot of trouble for a lot of people, led to a lot of neighborhood associations working together to try to figure it out or how to solve it, uh, buying paint to paint over stuff, things of that nature. Uh, it was kind of a bane of a lot of those neighborhood associations' existence there for, for some time. And it did seem like that Scared Elementary project was sort of immune, I guess until what, this past spring or this past summer? Is that yes. about right? Uh, yes, you know, kind of going back uh, a little bit, I guess, to um, uh, you know, to explain to anybody who may not be aware of the, you know, why the public school district would want us want us to um, paint murals there in the first place. Sure. Um, you know, there's there's been just increasing evidence that uh, uh, murals are one of the best deterrents to tagging. Uh, you know, um, taggers tend to prefer uh, blank surfaces. So for years since the Scarrett School closed down in uh, 2010, I believe, uh, they had just uh, boarded over the doors and windows with uh, white panels, mm -hmm. and so those those would get tagged regularly, and and you know the the neighborhood um, and just the community uh, around was becoming just really tired of the ongoing tagging and vandalism that was happening, and the school district would send workers to paint over the white panels with you know more white paint. 
but mm. then a few weeks later they would just get tagged again and it was just this ongoing cycle um, but uh, Dr. Cordova was aware of this uh, um, you know the, the capacity for murals to actually be a, 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 an active deterrent to graffiti mm. uh, so th- uh, that's why he reached out to me in the first place and uh, when we did this when we started talking about this project the school was huge and I thought it was going to take you know five years to get it done because uh, I would only be able to work it in stages. Um, we were able to get it done in three years, but over the three years that we did it, as we covered a section of the school with art, the tagging continued on the white panels. And it's like we were chasing the tags around the building. Uh, but the panels that we were uh, painting on, those didn't really get tagged. Only a couple times. We we had only two relatively you know uh, minor incidents of the tagging, but the bulk of the tagging is like we were kind of... Uh, exterminating it uh, right. and I guess when we got to the point where we one panel at a time uh, basically yes right uh, and it had been really success really effective uh, until this uh, you know late spring early summer when there was just a uh, I'm guessing just one night one incident in which uh, a handful of kids just tagged you know a ton of the um, panels that were accessible at street level mm-hmm. well I guess I and I appreciate the background there because that, that explains a lot. I mean, the reason why you got there in the first place and why KCPS was open to this project and this partnership mm-hmm. was because it had been kind of a beacon for tagging mm-hmm. from neighborhood. I don't want to even call them artists, but maybe vandals is a better word. Yeah, some that. of them are, you know, gang tags. Some of them are just kids. And there's th- there's different kinds of taggers for sure. And graffiti is such a... The term graffiti uh, is used so broadly, right. and it means many different things to many different people, so it can be misused very easily, uh, because some people, uh, you know, use graffiti and to refer to a particular style of mm-hmm. art, you know, art that, that has, you know, usually done with spray paint, but it's kind of taking letter forms and, you know, big mm-hmm. words and murals and so on. Uh, some people use graffiti to re- refer to just scribbling, somebody just scribbling their name on, you know, a telephone post or a mailbox. Right. Um, so there's graffiti that is basically, you know, vandalism um, that is just kids that are marking territory uh, right. or just don't really have necessarily any artistic aspiration, but they're just kind of uh, marking their turf. Rabble rousing, exactly. causing trouble. <laughs> and then there's for sure, there's an, another, uh, um, you know, total uh, definition of graffiti where it's, uh, you know, kids, people that actually are trying to develop an artistic style and, and see it more as an art form right. rather than necessarily as um, a turf kind of designation primarily. Sure. Well, I guess seeing what happened, the vandalism on mm-hmm. the murals and the panels this summer or this spring, whenever it, it occurred, I, I can't remember exactly when the timeline was there, but uh, how did it feel to have that work to face, to all the effort that you put in and your students had put in to beautify that particular property? I mean, what, what was the feeling that when you got the call or when you first found out about it? Um, you know, the, of, of course, the uh, um, the very first response is, you know, outrage, of course, you know, indignation, outrage, frustration. Um, this project has been, has been completely, um, you know, done on a volunteer basis. I've never made a penny from this. So mm-hmm. all of this is just my effort to, again, as I said at the beginning, you know, I, I you know, tried to make the world that I live in a little bit better. Sure. Um, and I never expected to get paid for this. I was never part of the deal. But there's a, there's a lot of indignation in kind of going so far out of your way and spending, you know, I've spent hundreds of hours making this project happen. And when you count the 
number of students that have been involved who actually made the um, the the artwork, you know, we're talking about thousands and thousands of man hours of right. of work just to have some kids totally just obliterated in 10 minutes with a can of spray paint or, you know, some paint markers. So, you know, of course, the, the, the initial response is just outrage and indignation and incredulity at how can somebody be so just clueless to the, to the amount of work that and how hard people are working and going out of their way just to make our neighborhood better, more cool, more beautiful. I think it's, you know, I, I, I think it's safe to say that it looks better now than it did before there were any murals. Sure. I think it's more interesting. Right, uh, absolutely. I think, and, you know, especially if the people that are doing the tagging, if they're local, you know, it's it, it's the frustration. It's like, why are you doing this in your own backyard? Mm-hmm. Why are you resisting against having the place where you live be better? Right. So the initial response is, of course, indignation um, and and. and you know, anger, but that we were listening. You know, honestly, that that kind of subsides quickly because at the same time, um, I I do understand what it's like to be a young kid who wants to make a mark on the world. Mm-hmm. So um, I, you know, I, I have a little bit of sympathy, which doesn't you know make it okay. It just kind of uh, it 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 tamps down the initial anger and indignation, and it instead puts me in a mindset to try to find a productive solution. Now, I know we talked before about, you know, it's the first week of school. Many of those students, unless they have seen something in the news, maybe not, don't even know that their work has been defaced. How do you break that to a student? And how impressed have you been with the community, how the community has rallied around this project when they found out about it? Um, yes, they, you know, the, all of this um, vandalism happened uh, pretty much at the very beginning of the summer, and then there was a second wave that happened in, in the middle of the summer. But again, it's just been, uh, you know, a couple of very distinct incidents where some kids did some tagging. So we finished the um, the, the, the entire project, we, we, we had finished it, at least the, the KCAI uh, component of it, we finished it last year. And um, I mentioned earlier that I thought it was going to take me uh, uh, five years to do it. We ended up doing it in three years. Mm-hmm. So I had already kind of switched years to get another mural project started for this school year. So all, all of the students that have worked on that um, mural project, um, you know, uh, uh, most of them had graduated. Uh, some of them are still in school, but, um, you know, the, uh, school was out, so we were out for the summer, so I hadn't uh, communicated with them at all. Sure. Uh, however, uh, one of the things that we did from the beginning is uh, in order to make these projects transparent and keep communication open to the community, uh, we set up Facebook pages for each for the projects where you always have updates and the students show, you know, their work in progress and so on. Uh, so when the vandalism happened, I put it in the Facebook page to um, uh, let let you know let the world know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the students that are still connected to the project and that are still caring to check on Facebook found out that way. Right. Uh, but otherwise, this is a conversation that I've yet to have with them. Uh, probably this coming week when uh, we start talking about the project again. Right. Excellent. And and as for the community response? Oh, that, well, then the, since I put the word out through Facebook, uh, you know, the the Facebook page for the project itself and some of the other kind of real Northeast and, uh, you know, um, historic Northeast related uh, Facebook pages, uh, it's been really rewarding seeing how the community just was so swiftly um, mobilized to uh, it, 
you know, want to do something to be proactive, uh, to be, they express support uh, and volunteers that came out to help us get the word out because we immediately, the, you know, the response was, um, you know, obviously, I, you know, had a meeting with a Kansas City Public School District and we decided that the best solution would be to have a community meeting with the neighbors that live immediately around the school area. So we needed to schedule that and to um, get the word out. And uh, so many uh, neighbors from the overall Scarlet Renaissance neighborhood came out to just canvas and make, you know, uh, pass out flyers to uh, inform the community about this issue. Um, and uh, do you know like what the next step is from, from there? Well, we, we had the community meeting uh, this last um, uh, August that was uh, uh, at the uh, Scarlet Renaissance Neighborhood Association meeting um, this August. And uh, some people that had never been to a neighborhood association meeting that live around the school came. Uh, so we talked about the problem, and um, we had, you know, people from the uh, public school board there. Uh, we alerted, you know, part, part of really the, the, the main solution that that uh, that we have is that the neighbors that live around the school area uh, need to be empowered to, uh, you know, take ownership of the of the of the neighborhood and report any suspicious activity that is happening. Just be alert, uh, be on the lookout, and let you know the kids that are doing the tagging know that this is not acceptable. This is not a productive way to express yourself or spend your time. Uh, there are ways to to do that, and so rather than um, pursue any kind of punitive uh, you know action against the taggers, should we you know uh, identify them, I'm a lot more interested in just reaching out to the taggers and. Uh, and, and recruiting them, you know, if they really are interested in street art and in making their mark in Kansas City, uh, this is what this project is about. You don't have to fight against the project. You can become part of the project. And as I'm kind of the director of the project, you know, all of the imagery in the murals was uh, based on suggestions for, uh, you know, themes and subject matter that came from the community. But the imagery itself was made by the students. So it is, you know, there's ample room for self-expression. So if there's kids who are interested in street art and ma in making their own mark that way, uh, there are still some area, some parts of the uh, project that need uh, that need work. We are not a hundred percent done. Um, so there's always room for more manpower or and more hands to to help make it happen. Is that the message you would? you would pass along if you ever had the opportunity to contact local taggers such as the infamous screw who, who's operated a lot in the northeast um what would you what would you say to those individuals if you could sit them down um yeah i mean yes I, you know I, I think that uh the first thing that i would say i guess is that uh, again as i kind of uh, alluded earlier i i understand having an impulse to make your mark on the world that's why I'm an artist. That's why any of us are artists, because all of us have this impulse to have an impact and to uh, have to, to shape the world that we live in. And that really is, I mean, ultimately, that's what tagging is. It's making a mark on the world. Um, but what I'd like to urge the people that are doing this is to understand that there's ways in which you can make that mark and be celebrated for it. Mm -hmm. The community can 
actually be grateful for, for the fact that you exist and that you that you're part of the, the community part of the world that you have talent and um, they can support you and help you um, or they can really frankly wish that you just were not around and resent your contribution um, it is so much more rewarding to have your contributions celebrated rather than resented uh, so stop working against the progress that we're making and instead join it help help us make it better bring your voice to it because we need more voices we need more manpower uh, you know, there's um, you know these murals don't paint themselves they need creative people to make them happen and if you have ideas and if you have a vision and if you want to see your work as part of the Kansas City skyline literally then just reach out to us instead of trying to um, work against what we're building well, there you have it. Screw up, you're listening. You got Hector Casanova here, opening up and and willing to help you uh, reach your dreams and start a hero's journey here instead of uh, one as a, a much reviled tagger in yeah. the community. So, well, and you know, screw screw was the uh, I mentioned that when we were doing the panels and stages, uh, that we only had a few instances, um, uh, uh, literally a couple instances of tags um, as we were working in those. Screw was one of the tags that happened while we we're still working. Uh, um, you know on the panels early on. Uh, the last wave that happened this summer, uh, it was a, a bunch of other taggers. Uh, I mean, not a bunch, it's, you know, probably five or six kids. Uh, and then there was a second, uh, a second batch that happened in the middle of the summer, uh, which was uh, somebody that goes by Lucky. Mm. Um, and the thing that made Lucky stand out to me is that Lucky was, you know, the, the first batch that happened in the summer, it was literally just kids with paint markers or, you know, or spray paint. It was just scribbling. They were just writing and there was very little, if any, kind of efforts to actually make the tags artistic. Lucky spent a good long time on his tag. Hmm. Uh, he actually made a couple tags, and he was thinking about color and letter forms. And like he's clearly an artist, or wants to be an artist, and is trying to be an artist. Uh, Lucky is somebody that I would definitely say, you're going about this wrong. You don't have to, you know, kick us in the knees. Instead, stand on our shoulders, and we can bring you higher. Now, awesome. Well, well said. And uh, well, then maybe I should amend that to say lucky. Yes. If you're out there and listening, Hector Casanova thinks he can help you. I want to talk to you, lucky. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, let's transition now. You teased it a little bit earlier. Uh, the other community art project that you have in the works. I think you've cleared me to reveal that it's going to be at Whittier Elementary. What's in store there? Yes. So this next project that we're starting now, uh, we just we have now officially started it. Um, is the, basically the we finished the skirt school um, ahead of time, so I had to find a new one. The next one is Whittier Ele uh, Elementary School. Uh, it's an active school, so there's uh, 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 you know kids going to school there every day, uh, and uh, Whittier has a long wall that is, takes the whole length of the city block uh, on Bale Street. Uh, I think it's between you know 10th and oh, I forget what the other street is, but basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a whole long wall, and um, it, the the school itself, the street is in a slight incline. Uh, so at its tallest, the, the the its highest point, the wall is about 13 feet tall, mm -hmm. and then at the the steady incline, so at its lowest point, is one foot tall. So it's basically one long triangle, and uh, we're gonna get started on um, working on the area immediately around the front door, uh, and then just going to start working outwards towards the ends, both the, the one-foot end and the 13-foot end. Cool. Well, 
what do you think the timeline will be on this one? You mentioned you initially thought the Scare project would be a five-year ordeal right. or a five-year timeline. What are you looking at here? Um, this one's a little bit trickier um, uh, in, in a way. Uh, Scarrett had some interesting features in which uh, Scarrett was, uh, the school was decommissioned, so it wasn't open. So all of the doors and windows had panels. So that gave us very, um, you know, uh, very distinct areas to work in. You know, we, we, we had uh, window banks and just doorways. Uh, so I had very uh, kind of already the work was already cut out into slices, basically. Right. Uh, here, it's a little bit different because it's, it is just one ongoing continuous wall, and uh, it makes it, uh, even though it's less real estate to cover, it um, it's makes it a little trickier to kind of delegate sections, also because it's a triangle, so it's right. not just a rectangle that I can slice. Sure. Uh, but I'm thinking we're, we'll get it done by the end of next uh, fall semester, so it'll be a... a two-year project. I only do this class in the fall semester, oh, okay. so, uh, you know, I guess technically it's two semesters, but it's uh, two fall semesters. Okay. Um, so you said, I think you intimated that you had created a Facebook account to follow the Whittier yes. project. What, uh, do you have that handy by chance? I, I do, yes. Uh, for all these projects, we'd like to keep the community involved and, and informed of what we're doing. Um, the Whittier Facebook page is just facebook.com slash KCAI Whittier Mural. Uh, so that's KCAI and Whittier is W-H-I-T-T-I-E-R Mural. So KCAI Whittier Mural. If you look at that up on Facebook, you'll be able to find the page and, yes. and be able to follow with updates of how the class is doing and how progression is happening. Yes, and we literally are just launching it. There's nothing much there yet. There's just pictures of the wall. <laughs> right. And, um, this coming Monday, uh, my I'm taking my class to Whittier, and uh, um, we're doing a field trip to go meet the students, meet the uh, the population of Whittier, and find out what it is that they want to see painted on their wall. Excellent. Cool. Well, that sounds exciting. We'll certainly be following up, uh, as we did with the Scared Project. That's very cool. Excellent. I also wanted to ask you about the uh, city of Kansas City, Missouri's embrace of murals and other examples of public art. One that springs immediately to mind is the u utility box vinyl rafts that have been installed at, on Independence Avenue. Have you had a chance to see those, and and what are your thoughts on that project, if so? Oh, it's uh, it, it, yes, Kansas City in general has, uh, I think, jumped on board of this uh, um, embracing murals as a pragmatic solution to uh, some of the kind of uh, problems that. It, that afflict uh, cities all over the country, all over the world, really. You know, the the vandalism thing, uh, you know, uh, graffiti and tagging. Um, the the beautiful irony of that is that a lot of cities uh, have discovered that, you know, the the prevention or or kind of discouragement of of tagging. You know, that's typically the reason why they jump on board of, uh, with these projects. Mm -hmm. But the actual rewards from having murals uh, commissioned. Uh, in communities are so much greater, and I think that then is typically an anticipated, because yes, the, the the graffiti definitely declines dramatically most of the time, but the community itself kind of gets this infusion of energy and art and color, so there's a morale boost in the community that may not be kind of um, easily measured in any kind of a quantitative way. A little bit intangible. Exactly, initially. But cities that started, you know, the cities that started this, these mural projects decades ago, like San Francisco and uh, uh, Philadelphia, um, 
they've had they've been able to kind of see the entire um, kind of evolution that happens in which the graffiti is the first thing that kind of decreases, but then the uh, the influx of art into the neighborhood means that now there are things to look at, whereas before it was just kind of blighted walls and properties. Right. Now there's color and there's there's things to look, there's visual landmarks, and then that increases food traffic because people are literally going out of the street to go to look at the art. Mm. With increased food traffic, that means that retail can thrive. So there's an economic development that starts to happen. So the cities that have been do- doing this the longest have now completely turned those communities around and they've thrived uh, and kind of rebounded from being, you know, ba- basically uh, blighted parts of the city to being touristic attractions, mm. um, which is amazing if you think about murals as you know, an artist as, as having the power to rebound a community uh, into becoming an actual touristic attraction. Some of the cities like San Francisco, um, you know, they even have like tour buses that go to, you know, mural spotting and so on. Sprouting up cottage industry, so to speak. Exactly. Built around murals and art and expression. And exactly. It's pretty impressive. And Kansas City has jumped on, uh, has, has jumped on board. Um, a few years ago, they launched the MAPIT program, which is the Kansas City initiative to commission murals uh, around Kansas City. Uh, and every year they do a MAPIT, uh, uh, a few MAPIT pro- uh, projects. Uh, so I, I believe this... Uh, the utility boxes is part of the MAPIT project. Hmm. So I, l- I learned about it when they were kind of uh, first putting out the call for artists. Unfortunately, honestly, like the the timing for it didn't line up with what I would have wished it could have because I would have loved to turn that into the next project after uh, the Scarlet School. Oh, had, had it be something your students could work on. Yeah, I would have I, that that would have been a really cool uh, angle to take. But the the timelines just did not line up at all. Um, obviously, you know, we're just we're just starting the Whittier project. The uh, the utility boxes are are done, and uh, I've walked I've seen uh, the ones that are near my house because I uh, I live about a half a block from Independence Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is really exciting. I love that we have a city that has that is celebrating the arts, um, that is understanding that our identity is evolving into an art city. Uh, um, as I was mentioning, you know, um, earlier, when I when I moved to Kansas City uh, in the mid '90s, Kansas City thought itself primarily the way that it branded itself was as as the city of jazz, even though really the heyday of Kansas City's jazz era was. 50 years before. Sure. And I think that uh, Kansas City is now realizing that we have current amazing things happening that we can celebrate and promote as, as our branding, as, as what makes our city unique uh, and don't need to lean on last century's glory to, um, to, 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 to bring attention to what we're doing now. Sure. And in a way, I think you've seen with some of the murals that have been put up, you can use art as another way to express that history as well. I mean, you can celebrate the jazz through this more emerging art scene in Kansas City. Right. You know, um, one does not mean that, you know, I guess celebrating the the contemporary art that is being happening, that that is happening right now, doesn't mean that we are obliterating or neglecting the heritage. If anything, so many of the murals that are uh, being made uh, including murals that we did at uh, that my students did at Scarrett, part of what they do is celebrate our jazz heritage. So it's an, it's we're we're still conscious and um, you know we're still bringing it to the to the public's attention. But we're doing it now not just by talking about the uh, amazing jazz scene of the mid twentieth century. Mm-hmm. We're talking about it by making amazing art 
that talks about all the things that are great in Kansas City, including the jazz. Yeah, awesome. Well, really cool. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Hector, we look forward to seeing what you do at Whittier and into the future. I very much appreciate your time. Uh, Paul, thank you so much. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. And that is a wrap on another edition of the Northeast Newscast. Thank you once again to Hector Casanova, Assistant Professor of Illustration at the Kansas City Art Institute. You're doing great work in the community, and we can't wait to see how Whittier Elementary turns out. Thanks again for listening, and thanks once again to our sponsor for this week's episode, Kansas City T-Bones Baseball. For the love of the game and a hankering for a hot dog, head out to Community America Ballpark for fun. Well done. For this week's schedule and ticket pricing, visit www.tbonesbaseball.com.